It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Borton here with Tom Crawford. Our man in East Lansing brings you all things Michigan from that particular at times, hostile outpost, Tom. Great to have you back with it. It, it can be hostile, even even in you know the the sultry hot days of uh, of mid June. Uh, people still talking college football up here. I'm talking college football. I'm talking college basketball and everything else. But uh, it's great to be on with you, John. You know, no off days on the Wolverine.com. No off weeks because there's just too much content to go over, right? There's no question about it. And we're always talking Michigan football. And we are talking Michigan football most certainly on this day because uh, there there are just some things that as we draw to the close of our one of our busier times of the year, even though the events aren't going on, but football talk is always going on. We're finishing up the football preview. I know that's near and dear to your heart. And it's something that all the folks on the fort and beyond our premium message board are looking forward to. Uh, I love the time of year when uh, people from coast to coast are saying, oh, it arrived in uh, Santa Barbara, California, or in Miami, Florida, wherever it might be. So uh, we, uh, we've talked to a lot of people. We've talked to uh, players on this Michigan team. We've talked to uh, their relatives, we've talked to their friends, we've talked to some coaches, and uh, we've talked to some very savvy observers about Michigan. And that's what I want to, I want to focus in on uh, a couple of things. I want to, yeah, I'll start with a, uh, a rather maybe controversial topic and, uh, and one that I know that we have discussed before, but I'm just going to lay something out to you. And, and then toss it to you in the spirit of uh, of good jousting with regard to uh, uh, a subject that is going to be on the lips of most Michigan fans between now and through camp and into the season. So I'll just say it right right this way. Uh, Caden McNamara, as a quarterback, he uh, his first full year as a quarterback, he gets Michigan into position to uh, do some great things against Ohio State. The Wolverines beat Ohio State. They win the Big Ten. They make the college football playoff for the first time ever, not with a a two- or three-year starter at quarterback, but with a first-year starter. I think Cade McNamara, for all of J.J. McCarthy's uh, tremendous potential, I think Cade McNamara is going to be your starter in the opener. I think he will be starting 
when Michigan plays at Iowa, and I think he will be starting when the Wolverines play down at Columbus. Convince me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, you might be right. And, you know, and, and to be honest with you, and this might sound, you know, evasive. I mean, it's not so much who starts. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and everybody says, oh, you don't want to you don't want to do the Stanley Jackson, Joe Germain thing from Ohio State in 96 or the, the two quarterback system, Brady, Drew Henson, that didn't work, whatever. So what do you do? So and when you say start, does that mean that J.J. McCarthy and all of his skill set and what he does to threaten the defense is going to get uh, basically a situational six to eight, maybe ten snaps out of the, let's say, 70 snaps in the game on a good day? I mean, is that? You got to paint the whole picture for me, John. Before just besides just uh, mm-hmm. tagging it as your starter, I get all that. I can almost go along with that. I just want I want more participation out of that young man, number nine. Yeah, well, I don't think you get six to eight snaps. I think you got more than that most of the time last year. I, I think that you expand the package for JJ McCarthy. Well, de- define that. Define define that. Let's define. I don't mean to get caught up in just raw numbers, but you know when when you're dealing with, and I know situations will call for different things. But let's say seventy offensive snaps. How how do you break down percentage wise who gets what to make it not not just equitable and fair or anything? I mean I mean to put yourself in the best position to beat good teams, not the cupcakes coming out of the shoot. That's easy. Okay, that's not even an issue. I'm talking mm-hmm. about at, at at Iowa. I'm talking about Penn State at home. I'm talking about Michigan State or at home. Yeah, Michigan State's at home and going to Columbus. There's two tough road games at Iowa City at Ohio State. What puts you in the best position to win those games in terms of the quarterback participation? All right, let's uh, let's go there because I I think it's completely situational uh, as to opponent and as to what's happening in the game uh when you're playing against for instance you know you've got this non-conference schedule that uh has been much decried by tom crawford and i i get justly so because you want them to be playing a little bit tougher competition to be more ready down the road i'm looking at it as okay you've got those wins in the book you have more time for more people to do more things early. And when you when I look at, okay, they're playing Hawaii, and they go into the second half, and they're up 28 to three. I don't think it has to get to 40 to three before you, you let other guys take over. I think you, you, you know you're gonna win that game. You maybe, let J.J. McCarthy have the entire second half, even though he's appeared in the, in the first half. You, you, you gear it that way. When you get to the tougher games like in Iowa, I, I, I just think you, have, you build on what you were doing last year. You saw J.J. McCarthy being able to come into the game, use his legs, do the, uh, you know, the run-pass option more and more effectively than a Cade McNamara could. Uh, you you use uh, his his arm 
as a threat, both as a uh, as a decoy at times. I mean, if you're if the the play action with uh, J.J. McCarthy is probably a better sell at times than with Cade McNamara. So there's a lot of things that you can do, and I I, I just want to see a uh, him certainly be very involved. But uh, no, I don't think it has to be six to eight snaps and or or just a couple of series in the game. I think they did a pretty good job in his first year of play of getting him uh, involved. I, I, I just think it needs to be expanded and. Again, as you are uh, as you are playing some of these games, where I, I, I think it's a, there's a form of conservatism when you think, oh well, you know maybe maybe Hawaii is going to come back on us, or Colorado State, which didn't have a good year last year. You know, we'll see what how those games go. But if you're in control halfway through, then I think you can be a little bit more. Uh, generous in terms of who you put on the field which would be which would be a change from last year's because when you look at the play charts and all that because you distract let me give you an example the western michigan game when uh, jj got in the game i mean it was not the start of the third quarter or i mean you know and i know it was his first game and that that touchdown pass to baldwin was on a broken plate let's be real I mean, they're not setting, they're not putting him in a situation where he has to execute, where he can, where he can enhance and develop his skill set uh, in in game time situations when the game is still on the line. We're not, uh, you know, like you said, forty to three. Because Har- what Harbaugh does, he subs late. Let's be real. You go look. You go, and I'm talking about on the defensive side of the ball. When you look in, in some of these blowouts, he brings in guys late. He he really he might filter some in, but uh, they're they're coming late. Then they, then they're all there. Six minute mark on uh, down. You know they're, when you're up five touchdowns. But th- yeah, so that would be a, that would be a definite upgrade. And I, and I think before our next podcast, I'm going to seriously go through the number of of snaps that uh, that JJ had. The Georgia game was you know when the the team got blown out, and you might as well throw this guy in because you you know the other guy is getting his ass you know buried in the sand. You might, you know, might, let, let's just go with JJ. I mean, I just, you know, take that away. I, I'm, I, I really want to go, you know, for myself to see exactly how much participation JJ got. Yeah, well, and I, I as I have attempted to explain, I, I have no problem with JJ seeing time because you are one snap away, one play away from him being your every snap quarterback. Uh, and I think beyond that, that's that's kind of the uh, uh, traditional saying. But but he he is he's more than a backup quarterback. There's no question about that. Well, we saw that last year. They're getting him involved. He's he's like one A rather than B. And well, the more you yeah. can the more you can have him completely ready. If he was to be the starter in Columbus, uh, then then make sure make sure that he's on the field at Iowa enough so that uh, not only he can help you, but that he is ready for that kind of uh, a crowd and that kind of situation. Well, so you're you're presenting JJ McCarthy to us and a premise of we need to prepare him 
in a backup role so he's ready. So it's a quote-unquote reserve mentality that you're describing J.J. McCarthy. And, the, and the, I get my in these discussions with uh, our mutual friend, my media colleague, Rico Beard on Press Pass, all serves on Fox 47 in Lansing. Uh, you know, he's a Michigan State fan media. We know that from 97-1 with Mike Bellini. But, um, you know, who does he want as a Michigan quarterback? Uh, Cade McNamara. All Michigan State people want Cade McNamara. Why they feel less threatened by Cade McNamara is my interpretation. That's not that that's the decision maker, but they always feel at the rep, uh, the the, uh, the the comeback. Oh well, you know he he fumbles the ball. He, he costs you the game. And East Lansing, you know, in, in East Lansing, in the game and the Haskins handoff, he costs you the game. Doesn't talk about that laser touchdown pass in the north end zone that he threw to Andrew Anthony Jr. Doesn't talk about that pass some of the other good stuff he does and all the, all the stuff he did throughout the entire season. So I just, I'm just all about, you know, if, if we're in this negotiation, John, of what, what do we do with this two quarterback system, the Brady drew Henson situation or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, are we going to come to the middle? And I, I, I'm not asking, you know, necessarily he starts. I just want more than the, than the, than the few snaps. And I want relevant, participation where the game is on the line where he creates the margin the lead if you will jj mccarthy maybe even start him a couple games i don't know if that's possible but he's got too much skill set to sit on the bench more than just eight or ten plays yeah and i agree i i want a an expanded package for him i want him (laughs) to uh be fully ready to uh to take over as the quarterback on an every down basis if that is uh, needed. I think there are different ways that that quarterbacks win games, though. I, I mean, I get the fact that that people see J.J. McCarthy and see his athleticism and see his arm and think, wow, this guy is going to be just a superstar. And I tend to think that uh, he will be down the road. Um, but I also know that, that people thought the same thing about Joe Milton uh, against Minnesota in an opening game in 2020 uh, because he looked like a war beater. He can throw it forever and he's uh, got uh, good athleticism. I'm not making the comparison to those two guys, but I think we can fall in love with arm strength and with, uh, with athleticism and yet ignore uh, or overlook the ways that uh, some quarterbacks win games. And that's by uh, knowing when to throw it in the, the second row or knowing uh, how to not throw it to the other team, to uh, be able to instantly you, – you, we talk about edge rushers and the challenge that they present. There's, one, there's two ways to uh, – at least two ways to beat edge rushers. One is to uh, peel away from them and and create something like a J.J. McCarthy can. The other way is to uh, to be savvy enough to be able to pick up the hot route and get rid of the ball and make people pay for, uh, for bringing the heat, the extra heat that you might on a blitz and, and those situations. Um, so I, I, I just think that uh, there's a lot more – to Cade McNamara than he has been given credit for in some areas. I, I go right back to to my talks with uh, with Doug Karsh, who's down on the field 
for every game and seeing and hearing what he has to say about, you know, some of those plays, those bang, bang plays, decision-making wise that Cade McNamara had to make. You know, I, I'm not denying that at all. And, and I know the hot route thing. And I also know his trajectory sometimes has the ball going in the back of his offensive line's helmets. I mean, he, or he gets the ball batted down. Uh, I, I, I just, in the reason, and I'm getting ahead of myself here because keep in mind that I'm not noting here that J.J. McCarthy is coming off a, a shoulder situation, if you will. He's got a situation he's got to work out with the shoulder, okay? It was a non-surgical procedure. So right. th- th- there, there's some diciness of that, and there's a, and, and, and no diciness of that. I mean, there's, 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 it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays up because he's not 100% right now. And so I'm probably, I might be chasing after something that, is is not uh, you know a you know a workable deal anyway if this injury does linger and then it then it becomes a non-discussion issue but uh, I'm I'm just I, I want to see that young man when he's healthy have an opportunity to move this offense because when I when I look at the big time programs in college football I see I see quarterbacks that are I, I that, that there's a there's some attributes. That I uh, I yearn that the, the Michigan quarterback has and JJ McCarthy fits a lot of those attributes. I understand, and I'll tell you what I certainly appreciate JJ uh, McCarthy for many reasons. One that through all this, uh, he's gotten all this this hype, and probably some people say, "Well, why why don't you just jump in the portal and go somewhere else?" no desire to do that at all he's just said look i'm i'm here i i love michigan um i'm dug in i'm going to be here um and i want to and i certainly recognize his physical talents i just think that uh michigan is in a good situation uh the way it was last year if they can take that same situation and build on it for both of these guys so you know and, and the other thing is um, had he not had shoulder issues and had he gone through uh, spring ball, that being J.J. McCarthy, I might be in much more of a position exactly. to say, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I'm not making any bold predictions about who starts at Iowa and that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll watch this thing play out. As we're talking about <laughs> Iowa and uh, and the games you mentioned, I, I like your mention, the fact that Michigan has really only two what I would consider very tough road games, Iowa and Ohio State, and that puts so much on that first one. It does. I honestly believe my prediction, I shouldn't I shouldn't mention this, but uh, for the magazine was uh, the strong possibility of Michigan being able to go into Columbus undefeated. And if they do that, there is an outside possibility that they could come away from that game not winning and still make the college football playoff. Thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where I, you know, I got twisted up in this non-conference slate because I, I, I think the going to Iowa City, there's so much pressure on that game because you have it, you don't have a mulligan there hanging out there for you. If you have a, a, a goof up in the regular season against a good team on the road like the Iowa Hawkeyes, that would be an acceptable loss of, with credibility in terms. If you if you beat a decent 
uh, 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 actually play a Power Five team and your three-game non-conference slate, uh, all at home, mind you, um, that are pretty weak teams. I mean, Hawaii and UConn. Let's face it, John. These are two of the weakest team in the group of five teams. I mean, that's just reality. And those are two of your three home games right before you go into Iowa. And I just don't think that puts you in position to really expose yourself to what you need to work on in a tough game in Iowa City. And, I, and I, I'm being redundant when I say that. But, yeah, you're right. So if they got to beat Iowa. If they lose to Iowa after, you know, you know they're, they they got to run the table. They got they got no they got, they got no uh no money in the till to you know to, to get entrance into the in, into the nightclub there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and my thing, my my look at that same situation is if they're playing a uh say a Notre Dame early and they these days they lose that game uh, narrowly or you know, by uh, uh, 10 points or so, and then they they win the rest until they get to Columbus, losing a shootout, two losses, you're not going to make it. One loss in a close shootout game at Columbus, you might slip into that four spot in the uh, in the college football playoff. Yeah, so, but so you're under the premise. You, you you're just saying you're trying to you're trying to build this thing that uh, the Michigan can get into the CFP with losing to Ohio State. That's that's how you're structuring your I, I just premise. Think, well, I just think the way everything's set up, you can't afford an early loss these days in college football unless you have that early loss and then you uh, then you run the table. I if mean, you that, beat Notre Dame, like for example, 2018 Michigan opened with a loss to to Notre Dame, right? And then they mm-hmm. ran the table all the way to Columbus. All they had to do was beat Ohio State, and they got and they were favored, and they got blown out. Okay, we know mm-hmm. how that nightmare went. Okay, right. so but right. it was all set up because so their you, loss. I remember that. I remember all the. I remember all you know. All the experts were talking about. Yeah, but that's a credible loss to, to Notre Dame because Notre Dame was good. Yep, but you take that same year. And you uh, and you play somebody that is not Notre Dame on the road, uh, and you win that game. Then you get to the end, and it's you don't get blown out by Ohio State, but you uh, you lose forty two forty or forty two forty one. It's a different deal. So I think they're in a position to to be able to uh, win every game they play up until Columbus. And I'm not saying they can't win down there, but. Uh, You'd sure rather be going into that one with uh, no losses than with uh, with one. And, and these home games are not cupcakes either. Let's don't yeah, let's just don't check off Penn State and Michigan State home games in October as uh, as W's because that's the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, that's true, and uh, they've certainly proven the ability to uh, not get the job done against Michigan State home and away uh they can they've proven under harbaugh that they can win at michigan state but uh they've also proven that uh, being home is no guarantee whatsoever <laughs> so all of this is is great summer talk um we're gonna move on and uh and talk uh a little bit i know you uh you wanted to uh, mention uh one mr jordan Poole switching away from football for just a minute and then we'll go back there but uh your your thoughts about how he continues to uh, to play extremely well in the NBA playoffs? 
Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch Jordan navigate the playoff in the finals because you're playing against the Boston Celtics, one of the great defensive teams. And last night, I mean, and he's had some, he's had a little bit of, a, of an up and down with his game. Uh, sometimes he 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 hasn't gotten his shots, but 14 minutes of play last night and three critical threes, including one uh, at the at the end of the quarter, one of the quarters, uh, maybe the third quarter again. I'm not sure which quarter it was or half, whatever. Um, that 14 minutes and 14 points. I mean, and he, you know, th- this guy is amazing. And he was interviewed uh, on NBA TV after the game and uh, well-spoken. I mean, you, maturity. I mean, his 23rd birthday, John, is Sunday, which ironically they could <laughs> they could win game seven on his birthday. 23 years old, Jordan Poole is, and, 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 and what he's in the finals. And um, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was humming the victors, you know, kind of te- you know, doing the Michigan, paying homage to him, and and he was smiling. I, I, I'm I'm just happy, you know, me in the NBA, and you you know me in the NFL, John. Yeah. It's yeah. all about Michigan players. I love to see him do good, and uh, and he's there with the Splash Brothers, and and he could he's one win away from an NBA ring, and and I'm so happy for that young man. Yep, that's good stuff, no doubt. And it's about continuing to bring in uh, the Jordan Pools and the Aiden Hutchinsons and the uh, the players that are difference makers. You uh, switching back just on our final topic to uh, to football. Uh, you, I know you have some concerns about uh, procuring players in the future at a level that uh, will allow you to compete against the best of the best. Is that uh, is that an accurate uh, evaluation of uh, of your stance here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last thing I want to be accused of is being a recruit, Nick. Okay, let me go on. Let me let me go and make that declaration right now, John. Right. But I but I'm aware I'm aware of some things, some trends that are going on right now. And it's just not the fact Michigan's only got you know six twenty or twenty twenty three recruits so far. That's not so unusual. You have Northwestern in the top ten. Why? Because they got all these commitments. You know, Northwestern's in the top ten. Notre Dame's number one, but I am concerned about a couple of programs that are really getting good players that are going to. Well, Ohio State always gets good players, and Ryan Day, I, 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 he is not going to go away as a juggernaut. They're going to get great players. I really, <laughs> much as I, you know, he's an Ohio State guy. I'm more and more impressed by him whenever I hear him talk, and I'll just leave that that and what he does, how he does his job. And I'll just leave it at that. But there's another guy up here, uh, Mel Tucker, that I'm concerned about. He is kicking ass recruiting. And there, and he loves to recruit. He is taking recruiting at Michigan State and the bland three-star character kids, uh, chip on the shoulder kids, into some studs up here. Uh, and, so, you know, they're, they're top 10, top 15. For Michigan State, that's quite a bit. He's doing it in creative ways. He, he's, he's bringing out Lamborghinis and putting and putting them on Spartan Stadium Field and having the guys sit in cars for picture opportunities. Not that you're going to get this as an NIL gift, but it's just doing fun stuff. He seems like a fun guy. And Michigan State is getting athletes on defense that concerns me. And I – I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fearing that Michigan State's talent level will go up, and we know what dealing with Michigan State is from a Michigan perspective when their talent is average. How difficult will it be 
when they're really got talent. And that concerns me when you got Ohio State and also uh, you, you got Marcus Freeman down there at Notre Dame. And I'm not just talking about the CJ Carr thing, but watch out for Notre Dame because you're in their same recruiting footprint with Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, you have to uh, you have to yourself continue to procure the kind of talent that is going to uh, put you in position to beat all of those teams. And I think Michigan will continue to do that. I love uh, I, I think that uh, uh, their offensive line uh, recruiting, the fact that they were able to pick up Olu Oluwatimi in the offseason is going to prove monumental for that offensive line. You have long longed for a, uh, a, uh, an upgraded old-style Michigan rushing attack. They, they mm-hmm. got back to that a little bit last year. I think they're going to have more of it this year. So, yeah, it, it doesn't stop. I, I get your concern uh, in these other areas. Um, Certainly, uh, it's uh, Michigan State uh, is an interesting one to me because they absolutely did not compete against Ohio State. Just flat out. No, I, I, I. Hey, listen. You know, I, I, I'm. You know, I'm. I, I hear you totally. I'm just talking about Michigan versus Michigan State. Okay, mm-hmm. they've beaten yep. two times. I mean, Tucker's. Oh, he's two and zero against Harbaugh. Okay. And, and, and the other thing is, they, this D-line coach, Marco Coleman, I think they got a good one. And, I, and, I, and Mike Elson, I got supreme, supreme respect for uh, what he did at Notre Dame. Um, I hope that is a good – I hope that works out great at Michigan um, as a D-line coach, not just from schematic, but uh, getting guys that want to play for him. I'm, I'm just – I'm hoping that works out because there's some pretty steep competition uh, Larry Johnson down there at Ohio State, and I think Marco Coleman is going to be a really good one at Michigan State. I mean, these position coaches that have the slash, uh, you know, uh, coordinator kind of deal to them. Uh, There's some good, talented coaches, and and um, Michigan's in a lot of competition. That Big Ten East is brutal, brutal, and yeah. I, it was so much fun to go down, uh, you know, to Miami, and even though they lost, that they were in the CFP. Uh, I'm spoiled now. I want it to happen again, and I'm I'm getting greedy. I want it to happen next year, and so that's why I'm paranoid about these some of these other thorns in our side. Well, there you go. And I think uh, a key to getting there is a dominant offensive line. And you were mentioning guys that uh, recruit and also are a, a you know a coordinator. Uh, Sharon Moore, big key there. I'll tell you what. Yeah. What a job in year one. So hey. Uh, great discussion today. I appreciate it. We will continue this throughout the summer and into the fall. Uh, Tom Crawford, great to have you with us, and uh, let's do this again soon. Always a pleasure, JB. Until next time on the Wolverine Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.